Let's give him a good Bendale welcome this pulpit again tonight. Clap your hands to the Lord and magnify Jesus with a loud shout of praise. Oh, come on, I think we can do a little bit better than that, a loud shout. God been good to anybody here tonight. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Isn't it good to be in God's house one more time? coming to worship him in spirit and in truth. If you have your Bibles, the book of Habakkuk, and for those of you that don't know, that's right between Nahum and Zephaniah. That will take a minute to find for some of us, I understand. But Habakkuk chapter 3 and uh, verse 1, I'm going to read a little bit of a lengthy reading tonight, but it's not going to be indicative of how long I'm going to preach, however. And so we're going to read this whole chapter. Uh, it's only got 19 verses in it, y'all. Don't don't run out on me. But uh, it, however, I got to read it so that you can get the full context of where God is taking us tonight. Uh, again, I promise not to hold you too long. But will you help me preach? If I just if I give it all I got for about 30, 40 minutes, will you give me all you got? All right. So good to be here tonight. I love you, brother Moore. Give you honor tonight. I appreciate you. Good to see my friends here. I promise y'all, nobody loves to hear me preach more than these three men love to hear me preach. Say, How do you know that? Because we rode 24 hours over 17 mountains, got stuck in three snowstorms just to hear me preach because I know we didn't do what we planned on doing when we got there. And I'll let them tell you that story uh, or some of it. They, they can kind of stretch some of it a little bit, but for the most part, it's true. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, no, don't let Justin tell it. Don't let Justin tell it. But no, it's good to see them. I love them, appreciate them tonight. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 1, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon the Shiganoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of, thy year, of the years make known and wrath remember mercy. God came from Teman. And the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah, his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was in the light. He had horns coming out of his hand and there was hiding of his power. Before him went the pestilence and burning coals went forth at his feet. He stood, measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushan and affliction, and the, uh, the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea? Understand what rivers he's talking about here. Uh, we got to go back to Genesis and talk about that. This is really a big Bible lesson. Uh, however, I'm going to attempt to preach it tonight. And there's no way we can get to all of this, but just so you have some kind of context there. The mountains saw thee, they trembled, the overflowing of the water passed by, the deep uttered his voice, and lifted up his hands on high, the sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows they went, and the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land in indignation. This don't sound good, does it? 
when God starts with indignation and wrath and mad and all that, that don't sound good. I don't want to be around when God is full of indignation. The land in indignation, thou didst thresh the heathen in anger. That's just a good old-fashioned King James way of saying he put a good whooping on the heathen. And thou went forth for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thine anointed. Thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked, thou discovering the fountain unto the neck. Selah, thou didst strike, though he saves the head of his villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was as to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses through the heap of great waters. When I heard, my belly trembled, my lips quivered at thy voice, at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself, that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Verse 17 is speaking of Israel when he speaks of the fig tree. He said, although the fig tree... Or Israel shall not blossom, neither shall be fruit, shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail. The field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. There shall be no herd in the stalls. I don't know how it can get any worse than this. The verse 18 is a completely, it don't even fit here. This is not, it's just like a whole nother Guy starts talking. Habakkuk is talking about the tragedy that God is bringing upon Israel for their sin. And he says that the fig tree's not going to blossom. There's not going to be any fruit of the vine. The labor of the olive tree is going to fail. The fields are not going to bring any more meat. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. That means that all of their way of making money and being able to eat is gone. And in verse 18, he says one of the most ironic yet powerful scriptures in the word of God when he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of salvation of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on the stringed instruments. I just simply want to preach with your help and the help of the Lord tonight. Praise God anyhow. Praise God anyhow. Would you help me now by lifting your hands and your voice to heaven and begin to worship and pray with me. God, we love you. We thank you. We give you glory for we know that your mercy endureth forever. You are good in all of your ways. You're perfect in everything that you do. God, we praise you now, for we know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We ask you tonight, God, have your way in this house, from the front to the back and side to side. Let your anointing come into this place. Change us and challenge us in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody give the Lord another hand clap of praise tonight. <laughs> clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. You may be seated as long as you promise to help me tonight. I do not have time tonight to read to you. However, I would like to give you a brief synopsis of the book of Habakkuk. And again, this chapter 3 is kind of wrapping it all up. 
But if you were to open your word of God and begin to read, you will find the basic dilemma of what this prayer is all about. This dilemma is the fact, why, why is God allowing Israel to, for the lack of a better term, go down the drain as quickly as he is? Why would God ever allow the Chaldeans of all people to be able to come in and destroy Israel? Habakkuk is, in a way, scratching his head because he cannot figure out how God would ever even let Israel get this far away from him. And why would God use such an unholy group of people to bring judgment to the people of God? He's puzzled and he is perplexed about what he does not understand but instead of standing in the face of his problem and looking at what he does not understand we can see through brief glimpses of the book of Habakkuk that Habakkuk this prophet of God how we understand he is a minor prophet however he is still a prophet he would not stand on what he does not know however he would back up to where he knows he can stand on solid ground. Simply put, he gives up on what he does not understand. And he starts remembering everything about God that he does understand. He says, I don't know why things are going the way that they are. I don't know why the world is in the shape that it's in. I don't understand why bad things are happening to good people and good things are happening to bad people. But I can just step back and wait a minute and understand that my God is an eternal God. My God is a righteous God. My God is a holy God. And so instead of trying to figure out what I don't understand about the world, I'll just take a step back and stand and give praise about what I do know about the one that called it all into existence. Can I tell you that you'll pull every hair in your head out if you try to figure out all the stuff that you don't know about the world around you. Friend, you will go gray at a very young age if you try to figure out everything that you don't know about God. You'll live a life full of stress if you try to figure out all the ifs and whens and wheres and whys and hows of life. But I've come to tell you on a Wednesday night that the solution to the things that you don't know is to stand on what you do know. I know my God has never failed. I know my God never makes a mistake. I know my God turns everything that the devil means for evil and he works it out for my good. I don't understand everything that's happening, but I know my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or even think my God is in control hallelujah he never does wrong he always does right and he began to go down memory lane 
I don't know exactly what it was like for Habakkuk in that moment of revelation. But I do know that he understood very well, Brother Ford. He understood very well the history of the Israelite people. He understood very well that they had spent 400 years in slavery. He understood very well that they had went 40 years in a wilderness walking around and around in circles. He understands that there have been over 35 wicked kings that did evil in the sight of the Lord come up to only six kings that did right in the eyes of the Lord. And he understands that God's got to do something with all of this. God's got to pour judgment. I'm going to preach this here in a minute. God's got to pour judgment out on our nation because we went a whoring after false gods. We've done things wrong and we've made mistakes. And so... So I get why you got to do that, God. I understand that, but I just want you to know where I stand. I stand in the side of righteousness that says, God, you do whatever you see fit because your ways are above my ways and your thoughts are above my thoughts. And I might not understand everything that you're doing, but I know you're God and I know you're doing what's best for your people. Can I tell you that the quickest way to come to grips with what you don't understand is to just stand on what you do understand. The quickest way to figure out all the questions that you have about life and you have about God and why does God allow this to happen and why does God let that happen. And I, I'm just going to preach this because I feel as a whole that our nation is standing where Israel was standing, where we have been a holy nation. We have been one nation under one God. But now because of the mindset of evil people, we have begun to falter and we have begun to fail. And it would seem to many of us here tonight as God begins to pour out his wrath on this nation that we would say where is God in the middle of all of this? I'm here to tell you that's the same way that Habakkuk was thinking. Where is God in the middle of all of this? God's pouring out his wrath. God's pouring out his judgment. Where is the God of mercy? Matter of fact, you see it, he writes it, he, he prophesies it, he, he's praying to God, and, and, and he says, in wrath, it's verse 3, chapter 3, verse 3, in wrath, remember mercy. That, that, that's not to the people, that's to God. He's saying, God, I understand you got to do what you got to do. But all I'm asking you to do is just do what you do. Because every time that Israel made a mistake and we failed you and we went the wrong way, the moment we bowed our knee and we began to cry out to you, you turned around and you came and you saved us again. And so in wrath, I'm asking you, God, just do what you've always done. I, I, I'm going to preach to you tonight. I don't know how bad it's going to get out there before things start turning around. I don't know how bad things are going to look in our nation before it finally bows its knee. But one thing I know about God, one thing I understand about him, the moment the knee is bowed and the moment people begin to turn from their evil ways and begin to pray again, all of a sudden, the God that was full of wrath becomes a God that's full of mercy and he comes he comes down and he works on our behalf again. 
God's already told him. He said the Chaldeans are coming. I'm going to use the most evil, wicked people and perverse people of your day. And I'm going to use them to bend Israel over their knee. And, and again, for lack of a better term, they're going to put Israel back in their place. They're going to show Israel that, that, that they're not as big as they think they are without me. That's the whole purpose of this message. Israel, you ain't half as big as you think you are, buddy. Because the moment you turn away from me, uh, the moment you get out there, and let me just preach this to somebody right now, you may think you have it all together, but you better remember uh, the only reason you're here and in your right mind uh, is because God was walking with you uh, all the way. Uh, and if you think I'm going to backslide and walk away from God uh, and get all mixed up in this world, honey, uh, I'm here to tell you I'm nothing without him. I can't breathe. I can't walk. I can't talk. I can't. It's in Him we move and we have our being. I'm here because God got me here. Israel, you better remember who you are and you better remember who I am. Because if it wasn't for me, you'd still be in Egypt. And so Habakkuk's walking down this history lesson. And he says, God, I remember all the stuff you've done. You brought us from a mighty long way. And yes, you had, you, yes, you had to spank us every now and again. Yes, you had to tell us how bad we were every now and again. But let me tell you something, God. You've still been good in the middle of all of that. And so when I, when I look at the field and there's no meat in the field, and I, if you could just let me preach it in 2022 terms and not preach the King James and, and just let me put it in common language. Uh, he says, when I look at the banking accounts uh, and the banking accounts are empty uh, because of a recession. Uh, when, I look at the, uh, when I look at the grocery stores uh, and, and the food is drying up on the shelves. Uh, when I look out in the cow pastures uh, and there's no cattle for anybody to eat. Uh, and the world is swimming in famine uh, because it's went evil after the ways of the world. Uh, he says, in the middle of all that, uh, all I know to do is back up. Uh, and give God praise. Why? Because everything's right? No. Not because everything's right, but because of who he is. And so let me just preach this to somebody tonight, that your banking account's dry, and your might, might, help me Jesus, and your physical body is in trouble. Can I tell you? It's not time to get mad at God. It's not time to back up. But honey, it's time to get around the front of the church and praise God anyway. Everything ain't perfect. I got something to tell you, honey. It's not a perfect world. It'll never be a perfect world. But he's a perfect God. And because he's a perfect God, I give him my... I wish I had somebody understand what I'm saying right now. I know it's bad. I know it looks like you'll never get out of this trial. But praise God anyway. Give him praise anyway. If I had a dollar for every time that I should have and could have complained because things were wrong, Brother Moore, I'd already be in that house. I can guarantee you that. If, if I had a dollar for every time I opened my eyes and seen the world around me in chaos, for lack of a better term, I'd be sitting a little higher up on the hall. Because again, this world ain't perfect. As a matter of fact, 
It's the very definition of imperfection. If you're waiting on a perfect world, let me take that a step farther. If you're waiting on a perfect church, well, you know, they, they don't do it like that. If, if I could take the music from this church and the preaching from that church and the worship from this church and combine them all together, let me tell you something, honey, you'd mess it up as soon as you walked in it because you're so full of imperfections. That's the reason why you're always criticizing the church in the first place. You got to learn to come to church and let all that stuff get out of you and say it's not about this and it's not about, I don't care if I don't like the preaching. I don't care if they don't like, I don't like the way they do prayer service. I, I didn't come here because of my God. I came here not because of a program. I came here because of a God that is worthy of my praise. I'm not here to see what you got on, honey. I don't care how cute you look. I don't care what kind of tie you got on, what kind of truck you drove up in. When I come to the house of God, I came with one Praise God anyhow. My world's crashing. But praise God anyhow. The program don't fit me. But praise God anyhow. <laughs> Habakkuk takes a look around him. You read the whole book. Go home tonight read the whole book. That's your homework. He takes a look around him and he's afraid. You don't believe me? I read it to you. He said, I heard thy speech and I was afraid. He said, my lips quivered. That's how scared Habakkuk was. You tell me you're on the, the verge of quitting church because you're looking at the economy and you don't know how you're going to pay your tithes? You're telling me you're thinking about quitting church because that preacher keeps asking for building fund to build a bigger church so that we can save more people? Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Habakkuk, let me tell you something. You think for one moment, I, I know he does a good job at hiding it, but I'm sure that nobody would know as well as Sister Moore would know that there are times that this good man of God walks to this pulpit and preaches under anointing of the Holy Ghost and God speaks through his mouth and he gets out of the pulpit and says, oh my God, I don't know how we're going to do that. I know God said it. I, 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 know that was the, I know that was a word from God. That, that's the same thing that Habakkuk was feeling. He was saying, that, now God, I know you said this and I know I know you're not a liar and I know you said you were going to pour out your spirit uh, but I'm looking around and I, I don't see how you're going to do this uh, so all I know to do uh, is while I'm afraid is just take a step back uh, and give you praise uh, I'll just take a step back uh, and give you glory uh, I don't know how you're going to do it uh, but I don't have to know because uh, I know you're God uh, so I'm going to praise you anyhow Notice, he didn't say, God, 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 watch their work. Be mindful of their works. That's not how he deals with this. He says, God, you just do what you do. 
He doesn't say, God, remember that one time that, that they ran the aisles when they didn't feel like it? Uh, he says, you just be God. He, he, he doesn't tell God, Lord, if, if you think about it, just remember all the good. Because the truth of the matter is, is like Isaiah said, your righteousness is like filthy rags. He said, it's just drawn away by the wind. You think you're good enough to impress God? You, you, you think you're good enough? Let me just tell you something. You are not and have never been worthy of his mercy. You are not and have never been. You can't live good. I'm talking about a perfect God that came into an imperfect world. And honey, I don't care how good you are. You can't stack up against that. That's what makes mercy, mercy. And that's what makes amazing grace, amazing. Because God says you don't deserve it. But I'm just going to keep being God. And I'm just going to keep showing you. Even though you're wretched. And even though you're no good. And even though you're a sinner. That's why I just take a step back and I give God praise anyhow because I know there's nothing I could do to turn his wrath away. And so I'm just going to praise him for who he is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I have, I have in the last few months, I know this is wrong. No, it ain't. It's right. It's wrong to the way some people think. But I have begun to draw my sword when people, they get to the point to where all they want to talk about is the world events. That's where Habakkuk was living. And if you do any studying, you'll find that there's a lot of the prophets of this day. That's what they were all hung up on, Brother Moore. And that's one of the reasons that God was so mad. Because he said, I put a preacher in the pulpit. And all he wants to talk about is what's wrong in the world. Let me tell you something. There's a lot wrong with the world. But there's a lot right with the church. I'm going to say that again. There's a lot wrong with this world. But there's a whole lot right with this church. That's why the Bible says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I know the world's messed up. I know the world's twisted. But honey, I ain't got my eye on the world. My eye's on the church. My eye's on heaven. My eye's on victory. Let me tell you something. You can preach about the world emerging into the church until you're blue in the face. You can talk about it at every coffee shop you want to go to. You can, you can go to every little diner you want to sit in with a 50 cent cup of coffee and talk about how bad the church is changing. I'm telling you, there's only one church and it ain't changing none. I know religion's changing, but I'm not a part of any kind of a religion. That's why I praise God anyhow, because while the church is going to hell in a handbasket, there's one church. That there, there's one people. There's one pride. There's God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's one group of people, and they're not going down. They're going up. I'm going to say it again. The gates of hell shall not prevail. That's why I praise God in hell.
I would to God. Matter of fact, Brother Moore, I've been praying it. I've been praying for every preacher in Pentecost. God, anoint their eyes. Anoint their eyes. Anoint their eyes. I've been praying, God, put blinders on them so they can't see what's wrong with the world. Help them to get what's right with it. Because I'm going to tell you something. You preach what's right with the church, and it'll fix what's wrong with the world. You don't believe me? Well, when Jesus sent out 70 disciples, he didn't tell them to go out and preach against their sin. And I believe in preaching against sin. He said, you go out and you preach the kingdom of heaven. And after you get through preaching the kingdom of heaven, you heal the sick and you cast out demons. Because I'm going to tell you, honey, when you preach what's right with the church, it makes people want to come in. And when they come in, they bring what's wrong in with them. And all of a sudden, they find a place where the wrong can be made right. And that's why Habakkuk that's why Habakkuk says and in the middle of all this I give you praise anyway. In the middle of all this foolishness in the middle of judgment in the middle of the Chaldeans here I'm going to help some of y'all the Democrats. There I go meddling. In the middle of all that. Oh, Jesus. Habakkuk says, I don't have time to worry about them. Because I got my eyes on Jesus. I, I got my eyes on the Lord. And as long as I got my eyes on him, I don't have time to worry about what all these other knuckleheads are doing. I don't listen to me. I don't have time to sit around and debate what's wrong because debate never ain't never got us anywhere. I don't have time to sit around and tell you all the junk. Well, it's like this. When you were, no, 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 no. no. You, you got to get past all of that. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if you can ever believe that, it'll take all that other junk you're dealing with and it'll find a way to I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right now and you want to know why some of these people are on their feet? It's because it's what happened to them. They came in in a mess and they heard Jesus Christ and him crucified and all of a sudden what was wrong was made right. I'm trying to quit, but it's hard to quit when I feel like this. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 19. The Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me to walk listen to this he doesn't just say he will make me to walk on high places he says he will make me walk on my high places Ooh, can I preach that for a few minutes he's literally he's not talking about a deer because that's what we think when we think of hinds in the, in the King James Version he's talking about a mountain goat one of the most, and you go, you go look at the ibex and things of that sort that are in Palestine, even to this day. I actually had a friend of mine just got back from there, sent me pictures. It's some of the most beautiful country you've ever seen. He was in Palestine. He said, it blows my mind. This is what drew my attention to this scripture. He was just talking to me about it. He says how from just the smallest kid, he said they can literally, and before you can count to ten, they can go from 5,000 foot elevation to 5,500 foot elevation on a straight up incline. 
Just, honey, a Toyota won't even do that. God knows the Ford sure won't do it, Brother Ford. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't even know if it'll make it to 5,000 foot elevation. We know a Chevrolet will go over a mountain, don't we, Brother Justin? You might tear the transmission out of it, but four foot of snow, baby, she'll plow. How'd I get off on that? Oh, that's where I was. But I'm, I'm talking about an animal that can scale straight up walls. And, and Habakkuk says, I'm going to tell you what will happen to you. Now this is, just, this is my own words, but you go read it and you go study it out for yourself. He says, when you see everything that's around you that's going wrong and you just take a step back and begin to give God praise, God gives you a sure-footedness that it don't matter how straight the mountain is. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You can climb it. It don't matter how bad the terrain gets. You can keep going higher. And, and Habakkuk says, you're going to cause me to walk in my high places. In other words, uh, there are places that I haven't walked yet uh, that you have, you have my name on them. Uh, there are mountains I haven't climbed yet uh, that you've already got my name on them. Uh, and when I take a step back, uh, and I know everything's wrong, uh, and I know everything's going upside down, uh, but when I take a step back uh, and I begin to give God praise, uh, it does something for me. Uh, it gives me a sure-footedness. Uh, that's, that's why I want to run every time I come to church. Uh, that's why I want to dance every time I come to church. Uh, it's because God's making my feet sure. Uh, he says, I know uh, the thoughts that I think towards you. Uh, I got a plan for you. Uh, I got high places uh, that you haven't walked in yet. Y'all get up here and do something. If you don't, I'll preach all night. God, help me, Jesus. Are you caught in the trap? I, oh, Lord, help me. I'm about to make somebody mad. I can feel it in my flesh. I wonder how many people come up here to the front. And, and, and we come with the thought process of God. Now, I understand this is not what I'm talking about if, if you think I'm talking about coming up here for prayer because that's biblical. The Bible says, you know, call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint with all. And the prayer of faith shall save them which are sick. The apostle James told us that. That's Bible. But I wonder how many of us come up here during the praise, uh, during the praise time, praise and worship. And all we can think about is, Lord, would you please work a miracle in this area of my life? Lord, would you please make a way where there is no way? You know my mama, you know my daddy, they got this sickness, they got that sickness. You know my financial status, you know it ain't good, God. You know my health ain't good, you know my marriage ain't good, you know my mind ain't good. God knows that's 90% of us right there. You, you, you know everything that's going wrong. God, God I'm here tonight, but I, I'm just here begging you. I wonder what would happen if you just go, Lord, I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to tell you something. 
that stuff you've been worried about for the last five years, honey, it'll still be at the door when you walk out. You ought to just take it out of your pocket when you walk in and say, I'm leaving it out the door, and if God don't deal with it, I'll deal with it when I get to the house. But I came to church with one, I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to magnify you anyway. I'm going to exalt you anyway. I'm about to find out who really needs a miracle right now before the musicians ever get started. I wonder if there's anybody here that says, I need a miracle, but I'm not here to ask. I'm not here to beg. I'm here to take a step back and give him praise because I know he can work it out. I know he can make a way. I know he can open the door. I'm going to praise God anyway. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, uh, praise him anyway. Uh, if you need a breakthrough, uh, praise him anyway. Uh, if you need a blessing, uh, praise God anyway. Come on, is that all you got, honey? Is that, is that all you got? Or is there something inside of you that says, you know what? It's about Jesus. It's, it's about Jesus. I came to magnify and exalt the name above every other name. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give God praise. Don't praise him just because you're still here. Praise him because you know he's God. Praise him because you know he's just. Praise him because you know he's in control.
arms are over. Come on, dance till victory comes. Just claim your victory. Claim your victory. Claim your victory in Jesus' name. Cause through him every battle is won. Woo! And though the wall looks in feet tall, just keep on praising him till it falls. Praise. 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 Worship. The entrance to God. The entrance to God, a covering in His presence, a covering in His presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Where else are you going to go? When there's no calves in the stall, none in the field, no money in the bank account, no food to pick up. What else you going to? What are you going to do? I'm sure not going to follow the ways of the world. Go look for me a drug addict. I'm not going to go to the next beer joint. I'm just going to come to the house of God and back up and say, hey, God's going to show up. Amen. And God's going to move. Amen. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Could it be he's just waiting on my worship? He's just waiting on my praise. Anybody can praise him when everything's fine. Anybody can shout and everything when everything's fine and all right and you don't have no problems. But it takes a praiser. I said it takes a praiser. It takes a praiser, amen, when the chips are down and everything else is sick and sad. But you find that rock and you glorify and magnify him anyway. That's what it takes. That's where the test is at. Praise God. That's what Job done. He trusted him anyway. Trusted him. Ten fresh graves. He still trusted him. <laughs> The spout spoke's been helping him, made man, but he's still. But you and I, we're going to do the same thing. We don't know what's going to happen in this old world. Amen. There's some things going on. I'm telling you, it's shaking grounds. I'm glad we're on something tonight. Amen. It's unshakable. Thank you, Brother Phillips, preaching the word of God in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Preaching like this to keep us where we need to be. Man, can I say something? Take to heart what he said about the criticism. We want to conquer the spirit of criticism out of this church right here. Too much criticism in the church. If you're waiting on a perfect church, and I wish he'd went ahead and said, and a perfect pastor, and a perfect this, and a perfect that. You'll wake up in hell, and that's about the only perfect place you'll ever experience. Amen. If it's perfectly made for the unbelievers and the criticizers and the mumbers, that's mumbering spirits what got Israel in trouble. It's the same spirit can get a hold of us. I'm telling you, a critical spirit do us more harm than idolatry and authentication and all that other bit. A critical spirit, amen, it causes us to self-destruct. I want to cock of that thing. The church is the best thing going. The church is the best thing you can get into. church is the best thing you can talk about. The church is the best thing you Yes. 
Ash, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. <laughs> I'd much rather be in the ark than on the outside. It's a whole lot better in here than it is out there. I've never had it so good out there. Never. <laughs> I'm living so much better now than when I was out there. God make a way, folks. Man, that little lady can tell you of a time before we have any children. Unemployment. You're talking about no work. You're talking about going to Ohio on, on, on. Unemployment. I went to Ohio to a job. Quit it. Come home with a boss's brother-in-law. Everybody telling me, said, they won't start your unemployment. You quit your job. I said, I'm taking my chances. I can't stay up here, man. Not with this bunch. Walk in there, and I didn't lie to nobody. Went there, that guy told him exactly what happened, what took place. He said, I'll start your check next week. God, God will stand for you. I don't care what the Mississippi laws was. And I don't care what you think. God's bigger than everybody and everything. When you sell yourself out to him, God will sell out to you. God will make a way. God will make a way. Providing and doing the work for us. What a God we serve tonight. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Appreciate your response. Back tomorrow night. Let's don't, let, me, let me make this announcement. Friday night, we're going to do like we've done the last time here on the Friday night. We're going to go over to Catfish House. They're going to stay open late for us. And so we're going to go over there after Friday night service. All of you invited. Bring you some extra money. <laughs> make sure I clarify some things here. Amen. Bring some extra money. Going to go over and have fellowship. Hey, that was a beautiful time. We really enjoyed ourselves. Amen. Had a beautiful time, beautiful fellowship. And so they're going to stay open late for us. We're going to go over there, enjoy ourselves. That's this coming Friday night after service, okay? Love you. Appreciate you. See you tomorrow night, 6.30 prayer time, 7 o'clock service time. God bless you. God bless all of our guests. Appreciate you being here again tonight. God bless you. Let's give them a good hand, church. Let's give the guests a good hand here tonight. God bless them. Appreciate you.